0: Radio Influence. As America's Zone Coach premier thought leader and the world's number one coach of champions Jim Fannin is the go to person so you can become your genuine authentic best self he has guided the careers of some of the best pro athletes from 10 different sports and business executives from 50 industries he's coached individuals families relationships and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years his success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show on Radio Influence.
1: Hi, this is Jim Fannin. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. Again, I'm excited to be here with you. And uh, I've got my producer, Seth Hurd. With me in the studio, so uh, Seth, welcome.
0: Yeah, after um, you know, episode two, after every problem we could possibly well, have from a technical end. Uh, wait a minute, we ju- Seth, stop. We just started the show, and, and you- well, we did. We just started the show for the fifth time because we had mic issues. But-, but
1: you led with the P word, problem. Yes, problem. Uh, and you know better than that. <laughs> in fact, everybody in my company, if you use the P word, problem, you have to go home for the day. We're going to make an exception uh, for Seth, but. Instead of problem, the best in the world uses challenge, because, you know, when you have a problem, it's like, oh, my goodness, it's cumbersome, it's deflating, it's frustrating. All the emotions that come with the P word, well, they're pretty vibrant. But a challenge, Seth, you had a challenge. That inspired you and motivated you, and you got determined, I'm going to fix this thing, and uh, and you did. And, and here we are. We actually have microphones. And here so. we are. We have microphones. So, so anyway, welcome uh uh, being part of the Jim Fannin Show, I appreciate it. You know, today we're going to talk about a rare individual. This is a very unique person, uh, maybe in less than 1% of the world's population, but it's something I believe we can all achieve and strive for. Would you like, Seth, to have that unique, rare person? Uh, moniker
0: i'm gonna go with that yeah and you of, know,
1: of a true champion as opposed to a champion
0: you know if i can describe what I, I think you're going for here i think everybody's been around a few people in their life where they're like man this this person just inspires me in pretty much every area like i got to hang out with them enough to see them in different aspects of their life and like they're the real deal all the way through it like they're not just you know great at work and then they go home and they're a zombie in front of the tv they're truly alive all the way through this thing this
1: is a rare person but uh, you know most of the clients i, I would say 99 percent over 2500 clients have you know come to my doorstep they all want to be a champion particularly in one aspect of their life you know i want to be a hall of fame baseball player i want to be a multimillionaire banker uh you know, everybody comes for some reason of what they they want. And I ask them, what do you want? Why am I here? I've had no one come in and say, I would like to be my genuine, authentic, best self in every aspect of my life. 2,500 people, that's never happens. Nobody
0: leads with, I'm a pro baseball player, but I'm here to be the best sibling I can be. But you can.
1: Uh, you can. And... You can be in the zone, which we talked about the last episode. What is the zone? You know, it's a purposeful, calm feeling where you believe nothing can go wrong. And that feeling is when you're mentally, physically synchronized. So all the bodily functions that you have, including intuition, they're at their highest possible level. And most people believe, well, that's for the superstar athlete. And it's not, or that's for the person in business, but it's not. Anyone can attract this zone mindset. And of course, the true champion, which is really different than a champion, has done it in every facet of their life. And my premise is the zone is the zone is the zone. So if I can get in the zone reading a book, Well, I'm practicing attracting the zone. And we've all been in the zone when we've read a book. You know, when you're taking on one of the characters and you're into it. You're into the scene, uh, the situation, the condition that the character of the book has. And you can even be scared or you can start crying or feel whatever emotion. That's a zone mindset. But can you be that in
0: everything that you do? That's living in the zone. Now, let me... um let me take it all the way back to somebody that might just be like, you know what? I, I just went through something really bad. I feel like I'm not hitting on all cylinders and anything I do. Let me, I'll take myself 2012. I'm 29 years old. I went from, um, you know, a great career in major market radio and nationally syndicated TV to, despite being at the top of my game, I was, um, number one in the, the ratings for seven straight years. I wound up losing my job. I mean, just, some, you know, stuff like that happens. And my narrative for probably about a year and a half was, I'm just not good at anything. And I kind of quit trying at everything. I was, you know, I'm I'm married now. I was single at the time. I kind of quit trying in relationships. I kind of, um, you know, I had, thank God
1: for that significant (laughs) other. Yeah. She bailed
0: you out. Uh, you (laughs) know, that's part of it. But you know, I kind of, I probably had more time to work out than I ever had in, in my adult life. And I didn't, um, I had more time to go after a whole bunch of ideas I had in my head. And you know, for, it took me about a year and a half to, um, to work out of that and start putting the pieces back together. And, you know, now that I'm a few years past that and um, I look back and I'm like, man, I, I totally could have played that situation differently. But if you've been through a divorce, a job loss, uh, a breakup, it's very easy to say, oh, well, how can you expect me to get, you know, to, to this true champion place, you know, out of these six or seven areas, I don't even feel like I can get one. Like I'm, you know, I'm waking up at 11 a.m and, and going to get fast food.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good scenario yeah. for being physically
0: fit in pajama pants in pajama
1: box. pants. Yes, well that's uh well, that's a frightening thought right there in a scene i don't want to I, I don't want to replay. But Seth, the key here, most of us have placed happy eggs, all of them, in one basket. So a baseball player that I'm coaching. He goes four for four. He has an amazing night. And then he goes home and he has an amazing night with his significant other. But when he goes 0 for four, uh, he makes an error, loses the game almost single-handedly. Well, he can go home and kick the dog. And that's not a true champion. The key to being successful in everything that you do is not having a mind that is a big base, where everything is put into one big bucket. Uh, my career, my relationships, uh, my personal hygiene, my wellness, my fitness, my spirituality. And, and so if you can go back to the 1400s when Columbus sailed over in three ships, the Nina, the Penta, the Santa Maria— they were single hull ships, wooden ships. And if a single hull ship hits an iceberg or a reef, in Columbus's case, in the Caribbean, well, the whole ship fills up full of water and it sinks to the bottom of the ocean. Well, that's not a positive thing. And a lot of people have their lives like a single hull ship. One negative thing not only sinks the career, but it also impacts your personal wellness, your relationships. Uh, your personal finances, Uh, being a brother, a sibling, or even a a good son, or definitely uh, you can be not the best parent in the world. Well, the super tankers uh, were created from the Titanic, which was actually a positive, awesome ship that had multi-containers under the hull. So it was supposed to work, and there were some flaws, human flaws, but if The Titanic, one part of it hits an iceberg. Well, the rest of the ship is sealed off. It's contained. That one part fills up full of water and the Titanic was supposed to work where it could now limp off to safe harbor. With the clients I've coached, that's exactly the very first thing I do is segregate your life and hopefully your mind into compartments. I call them arenas. So you're more than a broadcaster more than a radio guy more than a producer on my show you're so much more you know you're a, an awesome soul having a amazing group of human experiences but in the listener's mind and in my mind and Seth your mind let's walk through some different containers you're your own self mm-hmm. that's got your spirituality your hygiene your Uh, It's just about you. It's not about anybody else. It's what time you go to sleep, when you wake up, what time you brush your teeth, or if you do brush your teeth. Seth does. That's good. And that's just about you. Then you have your personal uh, finances. Well, that's the money in a checking account, 401K, equity in your house, change in your pockets, all your cash. It's all your money. That's got nothing to do with your self-arena. That's a standalone. Uh, that personal finance arena then you have your career or your job that's a standalone and whatever happens there it'll have its own vision its own goals its own key players if you go on you you're a son you're yeah. you're a male so you're obviously a son and or, or you you know the listener could be a female well that's a son or daughter arena that's all about you and your parents if you're a dad or a mom, that's your parent arena. It's got nothing to do with your self arena or your job arena or your career. That's just you. So we can go through, and most people have eight to twelve of these arenas. You could have two jobs. That's two separate uh, arenas. Uh, a sibling is an arena. So the best of the best have segregated their life into multiple arenas. And if something negative happens, they can contain it, and they can uh, corral those thoughts
0: and keep them there. And whatever you know, if this is a situation you're going through, you've had a pretty um, you know major failure, negative event. I feel like if you and I would have met you know five years ago, and I was like, oh man, I lost a job in broadcasting. Um, you know, with the clients that have come to you for help, um, and I think you probably able to put it in perspective for me pretty quick that like. Um, you know, you didn't just lose, you know, a major, uh, market sporting event on TV. You didn't just lose several million dollars. I I think even just that, um, you know, that, that you work with people every, every day, every week that have come through, um, really tough things to get over. And they've been able to compartmentalize that and get back into the zone.
1: Well, you know, the, the, that's true. And, And the first thing I would do with a client is what is success for you? That's what the first question I asked, Frank Thomas, what is success for you? Of course, he looked me dead in the eye and said Hall of Fame. That's that's his rookie year. And I was like,
0: wow, that's pretty awesome. That's a dream, no small dreams. Uh, that's
1: That's thinking big. And I've only had two clients out of 2,500 plus that have said Hall of Fame. Alex Rodriguez was one and Frank Thomas was the other. And and only in baseball is that happen. So I've coached a lot of great athletes in other sports, but even the captains of industry, uh, their goals weren't even that lofty. But the first thing every champion has, and all great things really have, is a blueprint. And and really, that's what I've done the majority of my life, uh, my my career is I'm an architect for life blueprints to help you design. The life that you would like to have. And that's really being non emotional, putting your life kind of off to the side and say, okay, let, let's get up above it about 30,000 feet. Let's look down upon these containers and uh, realize that there's an individual thought set that you have in each of those aspects. Those thoughts are either positive or negative. And Seth, you can try it right now, but you cannot hold a positive and a negative thought simultaneously. That's kind of a nice convenience, really. Yeah. You're either one or the other. And also, you know, I I found that the best in the world in these different arenas or containers of their life, um, they only go into the future for planning, strategy, or tactics. And they only go into the past To have a swift evaluation, a little bit of analysis and learning, and then they bury the past in the backyard not to be dug up again. So the best in the world are spending the majority of the waking hours literally in the moment.
0: And, you know, if I can maybe pull in an example of something that uh, that probably led somebody down a negative road and towards failure after, you know, a massive amount of of success. And, you know, this isn't a show about politics, but there's a kind of a famous story about Richard Nixon to where he'd achieved the highest level in the office. And um, one time, one of his staff people kind of said, who are you? He was over kind of muttering to himself, you know, he had his hands on his head and, and he's like, well, who what's what's going on? Are you okay? I mean, do I need to get you something? Do we? I mean, is the country going to be under attack? What's going on? I mean, you know, may, maybe some of the biggest problems in the world in this office. And he talked about something that bullied him in third grade.
1: Wow, that's an interesting story because you know it brings actually to one of my books, uh, "The Pebble in the Shoe," and he had a pebble in a shoe from birth to five. And actually, the research I've done on getting into the zone really was a study about children birth to five years old. And what happens during that 60 months is impactful. Even a little bit beyond that, uh, up to 10 years old, you'll carry it with you for a lifetime. And and hard to put it down. It sounds like uh, Richard Melhouse uh, actually uh, had that pebble in his shoe that kept popping up. It keeps you from being your absolute best. We've all had a story in our past that just keeps recurring, keeps coming back, and obviously that pebble needs to be removed.
0: Well, I think it's human nature sometimes to think, well, if I only have, and then you you put your eye out there on something on the horizon, if I only have that, then you know, then this thing won't, the pebble won't matter anymore. Um, obviously, you know, we found out that's. I mean, when you think about what it takes to rise to a, a level of an office like that, and to still have that going on in your head, um, you know, so what is the uh, so you know if somebody's walking around with this you know they're listening to this on their iphone right now and they're like okay that there it is i was eight years old and you know somebody pushed me down a couple stairs and the whole school laughed at me and i've had i've been afraid to give presentations at my company ever since and it's really messing up my career so this pebbles in the shoe what do we do uh well there's a couple of things that
1: that need to be done Number one, you need to not replay the story. And as soon as you replay that story or conjure up that replay of being pushed down, there's a tech- There's two techniques you could do to remove the story. One is to replace it for something that you really want in your life that is on the horizon, that'll kind of lift you out of that ditch, Uh making the pro tour, making a million dollars, some goal that you want that's important to you. It doesn't have to be materialistic. The second thing that that really you can do is every time that story pops up in your mind, it's a technique called the reboot. You know, our brains are, it's like a computer, uh, maybe Pentium 10 million on a quantum level, but it's still a processor. And Just like your computer, you can have too many programs open, and sometimes you can have a bad program that keeps popping up and interfering. The reboot is to literally turn your brain off at that moment. This takes less than 90 seconds. This reboot tool has been done in the World Series on the mound uh, by a pitcher. It's been used at the Masters. It's been used at Wimbledon. Where I've coached. And these things do pop up. You know, it's like your garden, uh, it's all clean, and you look out and you go, How'd that pebble get back in my garden? I just tilled it. And so it keeps popping up over and over again. If you're driving, uh, you may not want to do this tool right now. Shut your eyes, unhinge your jaw, Seth, and take a couple of deep breaths, and then turn your brain off. Literally, visualize a blank. Dark screen in your mind And just kind of hold that dark screen Turn your brain off Now, after a few seconds Raise your chin above parallel Open your eyes And focus your energy away from you To the task at hand Or to an objective Or to a goal The reboot tool is used Anytime that something from the past keeps coming up, you reboot. Uh, The reboot tool has also been used to stay in the zone, to stay in it. I had a Mike Cameron hit four home runs in one game. One game, two home runs in the first inning. And he knew he was in the zone. He was locked in. He was playing for the Mariners against the White Sox. The White Sox had traded him. He didn't want to leave the White Sox, and now he's on the opposition. Here he is. He's hitting four home runs. So after his third home run, he starts freaking out. Oh, my goodness. When you're aware of being in the zone, you're no longer in it. He shuts his eyes, reboots, turns his brain off, raises his eyes open, lifts his chin, and goes back to hitting the ball solid to stay in that zone state. So he did hit four home runs in one game.
0: So use this reboot tool to... Keep you out of the past, and if you want, um, maybe a a real tangible example of what happens when you kind of just keep chewing on that problem, whatever it is in the past, um, you know, uh, the, uh,
1: the challenge you mean, Seth? yeah, the
0: challenge, the challenge. Uh, whoops, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, you coach in ten major sports, uh, and just as I've worked with the company, I know you're you're coaching people in motorsports and racing. Um, so I'm assuming by the time that they um they've come to you as a coach, they've gotten over this rookie mistake, but apparently something that happens in motorsports is that people who are new to it um, actually look at the wreck. Um, like a wreck happens in front of them, and the problem with looking at the wreck is you actually drive into the wreck. Uh,
1: well, you know, golfers have the same thing. Uh, you know, you 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 never see the bunker until you take your eye off the flag. You know, you don't see the danger. You know, most amateur golfers, they go look at the danger on the first tee. They see it. Oh, there's some water. I don't want to go over there. Well. We typically wind up over there. The same thing uh, with a wreck. Uh, keep your eye on the road and, and the best in the world have got a narrow focus through the windshield in motorsports, and they're just looking at what's in front of them. The, the wreck is irrelevant. it's almost they don't see it. The other thing is Seth, when you're in the zone, everything's kind of in slow motion. So you see these negatives and you can dismiss them swiftly. But if you're really locked in, deep in the zone, you won't see them at all. The wreck, what wreck? You don't even see it. You're you're too busy focused on what's ahead. This all plays into being a true champion because these pebbles and these negatives, well, they can they can crop up in everything of your life. Let's take an example. You have an awesome day here in the studio. Okay, mm-hmm. we we had some fun. Little synchronicity. We're rocking and rolling. We're in the zone, Seth, and everything's good. We close everything down, and you go back to the house. And something happens on the trip home. Uh, somebody cuts you off, and uh, maybe makes an obscene gesture. You know, and and that upsets you. And what do you do? Here, you had a zone state. Now you're driving your car. Going home, transitioning to another arena, this is pretty common.
0: And it, it's easy in that moment to say, well, it's not my fault I'm in a bad mood. Um, look what this person did to me. You know? uh, It took me an extra half hour to get home because somebody, you know. Uh,
1: as John McEnroe once told me, excuses are for losers, and, and we all make those excuses. But, you know, I, I think the true champion, at least in the context that we're talking about, has a mantra There's no place I'd rather be than where I am right now. Really? You want to be in this traffic jam? Are you serious, Jim? No, there's no place I'd rather be. I can handle whatever. And you have to make a commitment in life. I'm going to immunize myself against all zone breakers because we run a gauntlet of negatives every single day. In fact, it's the most negative I've ever seen. My country and the world. I I just got back from out of the country, and there's negativity everywhere. And we run that gauntlet, <clears throat> and it's easy to fall into being a victim of the situation or a judge. Uh, but the champion is neither a victim nor a judge. They've got their own pathway. They got their own drumbeat, and they don't think Seth like everybody else. In fact. If you have abnormal dreams, you have to think in an abnormal way. You can't think like everyone else. Let's talk about some very specific life arenas. Let's say that you're a parent and you have a 13-year-old that you suspect is doing an illegal drug in the house. And correlation in this 13 year old's life, grades aren't going very well and really not communicating well with your parents. Well, that's a negative in your parent arena. That could be a pebble in your shoe that you could easily take to work and it could bother you. And you get a text from your significant other about it, and now it could impact your entire day. What do you do with that? Every one of us have had those situations. And I think the key is a great teacher sees a student making A's when they're literally failing. A great parent, a champion parent, sees an awesome kid when they're actually struggling and not doing well. I need to see them as if it's so as they will be. A great coach. I've coached I've been blessed to coach some great coaches. Doc Rivers has been one of my clients. That's a great coach. He's a great teacher. Well, he may play a guy that everybody else is saying, why is he playing this guy? This guy's no good. He shouldn't be getting that many minutes. But Doc sees something different. He sees an all-star when everybody else sees someone who should be on the bench. And and I think we need to look at the different arenas of our life in the most positive way that we can.
0: So but, getting into... To- who's who's there right now right because it's it, it helps to um to pull in and say um at least for me you know it always helps to be reading and looking out there and saying like okay the person who's really in the zone and it's you know we're fortunate enough to be able to see them on tv because they're you know in sports or entertainment or somebody who's really hitting on all cylinders uh the big news this week is uh has been wimbledon which until we started working together i started working with the company i didn't realize what a what a mental battle tennis is uh,
1: well, I, I was a professional tennis player, and uh, I played on the circuit less than a year, but, but I coached full-time uh, for about a decade. I coached seven players in the top ten in the world. It is a mental, physical chess game, and it, it, it's mentally uh, grueling. You need mental endurance. Uh, a match can last four or five hours, which is incredible, so you need physical endurance, and it's just you and the other person uh, the, on the other side of the net, and you got millions watching on television, and you've got you know twenty, thirty thousand in the audience. Uh, it's set up that somebody can easily choke. I, I guess the, the epitome of the true champion in this particular arena, tennis. Well, you got to look no further than Roger Federer, and um, this guy. Won Wimbledon this year. He beat uh, Marin Selich 6-3, 6-1, 6-4. Crushed him. Selich had some physical challenges. Oh, well, it happens. But he really dominated. Federer didn't lose a set, so he was definitely in the zone the whole tournament. But this guy did struggle, fell out of being number one. He took six months off to get his act together. And I applaud him for that. And really rebooted in a huge way by detaching himself for the pro limelight, and uh, he came back with a vengeance. Started this year off, uh, you know, winning the Australian Open, and this guy uh, chose not to play in the French Open to get ready for Wimbledon. Didn't drop a set. Uh, set records. Uh, he's won now, I believe, eight Wimbledons. I, I believe that's right. Yeah, and. Um, Pretty impressive, and uh, hopefully, he'll be number one at the end of the year. I will tell you this also from everything that I know with all my contacts on the tour, this guy is a true champion father, son, uh, significant other, businessman, friend. Even at Wimbledon, after he uh, gets into the finals a couple of nights before, he had a party for 40 people all of his friends and family celebrating his success where most people said no way I'm going to hibernate and lock in and forget family and friends so this guy's able to balance all the arenas of his life Roger Federer you are a zone performer
0: you're in the zone he's um when you said you know the collection of human moments he's he's truly doing all those things while winning Wimbledon um you know the the flip side of that might be um on on a rare occasion, you know, because I was in broadcasting, um, you would see a ba- um, because these the two sports where it could happen uh, a uh, pro baseball player or an NBA player who um, would actually curse so loudly after taking a strike or missing a free throw that they would get fined um, because the microphones in the arena would pick it up um, and you know so that would be it, I you know I, I think maybe if there's an opposite in those really high pressure situations of being in the zone it's the I'm going to not reboot i'm gonna like yell at myself and try to be harder on myself thinking that's going to improve my performance well
1: well, guess where that athlete learned that that athlete uh, based on our research that particular athlete that gets upset abuses himself you know i'm an idiot i suck whatever it is throwing their helmet you know bashing a water cooler swearing That's a learned behavior at the age of five and six years old. In fact, Seth, it's it's the number one defense mechanism of all human beings. If I be mean to me, then the people that love me won't be mean to me. So I I remember the first time I experienced that. Uh, I'm having cereal with my father. I'm like six. And I spilt the cereal bowl. We then found out that the kitchen was unlevel and the milk rolled down the floor under the refrigerator. Oh. And obviously, my dad has to remove the refrigerator and clean it out before we go to work or it's going to smell pretty badly, you know, six to eight hours when he gets back, back home. So he's not happy and he yells at me. What's wrong with you? Keep your milk a, a gem. Keep it away from the edge of the table. What's wrong with you? So he's really upset because he's going to be late. And we go to school. And he goes to work. The next day, I'm having cereal with my father. Mom's already gone to work. And I do the exact same thing. Obviously, I had that in my mind. I knock over the bowl of cereal. The cereal milk runs down the floor under the refrigerator. It's deja vu. It's a replay. And my father is so ticked off. now. Fast forward a few days later, I'm in the living room, and I knock over a soft drink. Goes into the floor, and I yell out, I'm an idiot. I'm so stupid. You know why my dad said? It's okay, Jimmy. Don't cry over spilt milk. And I'm like, wow, that's all I needed. I was learning that if I'm tough on me and mean to me, people that love me won't be mean to me. That's a learned behavior. And you see the athlete on TV doing that. He's
0: been doing that for 10 or 15, 20 years. And you know, what's um, another reason to get out of that, that situation is you don't have to be an athlete on TV. You know, if you blow up at the office, you blow up around your family. It doesn't take long for, um, for you to hear like, um, you know what? Well, Oh, this person, people kind of around you saying, Oh, well they always blow up. And then it becomes even more, I think a part of your, your narrative like, oh, man, well, you know, Sally over there always gets two thirds of the way through a sales presentation and then chokes and can't ask for the sale. Um, And, you know, then you hear that in your own circumstance and which only makes it that much more important than you get out of it because it kind of keeps going.
1: Well, I think it's easy to label other people now. Now, those those are judges and uh, we label other people's behavior. Oh, he's a hothead. Yeah, don't don't check him off Um, or he's mild mannered. You can say anything, it's not going to faze him. We all get labeled. But how do you want to be labeled? And and I I, I think for most people listening and definitely all my clients, a true champion uh, might be the greatest label. That I'm the best, genuine, authentic self I can be in every single aspect of my life. Is that easy to do? I'm not going to say that it is. I think there's so much negativity in the world that extreme positivity is pretty pretty abnormal. I, I know I, I just got on a plane to go to Jamaica and the stewardess said, "Oh, how are you?" and I go, oh, "I'm two levels above awesome." And I I know she's looking and going, "Uh, get the taser for the guy in 2B, you know. He must be on PCP or something." And because it's abnormal uh to have extreme positivity today.
0: It really you know it really is it's unfortunate um that uh the you have to go against the grain that, that much. Um, you know, the good news and the bad news, if you're, you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? Um, maybe I'm doing one great in one or two of the 12 areas of my life or whatever, or maybe I'm just, man, I'm really in a rut. I'm really in a slump. If I was, uh, you know, if I was a pro baseball player, I would be thinking I was going to get kicked back down to the minors at any point. The good news is, um, you've take, you've distilled down 2,500 clients and some of the highest performers in, um, pro sports and industry, Uh, even in science and you put that into a book, the bad news is, so you're not actually going to be able to get that for another six or seven months here. So we got to be able to give, we got to be able to give some tools right now, um, you know, to, to help somebody get going wherever they're at. Right.
1: Well, the good news is I finished the book, 60,000 words uh, edited off to the publisher and it it will come out in the, the first quarter of 2018. So I'm excited about it. It's simply called the blueprint. And, you know, I, I've never had a client ever come to me and said, listen, I got this life blueprint, Jim. Can you help me manifest it? It's never happened. It's always, uh, I need to be better in this arena. Uh, I know I can play with the best in the world. Uh, I need an edge. Uh, Others are, I've been at the best, and I've kind of fallen off the cliff, and I need to cut the weeds to the pathway uh, down so I can get back to where I was. I get clients like that. Uh, I get the journeyman who's never achieved greatness, but at least they're in the game, uh, and they want to make the next move, that next level. But I've really had no one come in and say, I want to improve all facets of my life. And so I realized early on, 40-some years ago, you have to have a blueprint. And you have to get up above your life in order to have that blueprint. And I I was blessed to have a grandfather, Cherokee Indian grandfather, in in the hills of Appalachia. Who This may sound like child abuse, but he would blindfold me, take me out in the middle of the woods, and count as high as you can, and when you can't count any higher, or you think I've gone, take the blindfold off. I taught you how to find your way home. I'll see you back at the house. So the first time we did it, I I was probably a quarter mile away from the house. You know, I'm like four, you know, and I found my way home. And the way he taught me was go to higher ground, get up on a tree, climb a tree, get up on a hill, climb up on a rock that way from a higher perch, you can see where you've been and, and, and see how you can find your way home. Now, if there are no hills, find some water or find where water was if it's a dry riverbed, uh, follow that, uh, you'll usually find some people that'll help you find out where, where your house is. We did this scenario until I was about eight, uh, eventually taking me five miles into the woods. And, you know, the first time I was really scared, and uh, but he taught me how to relax. But I think, Seth, For all my clients, the first thing we do, let's get in a helicopter. Let's go up as high as possible, 10,000 feet, and look down down upon your life uh, with no emotion. And, you know, you can take a sheet of paper and do this. Just write down circles or or square rectangles um, that are different aspects of your life. Can you get your life on one sheet of paper? And that's what I do with a client. So you have a self arena, you have a personal finance arena, you have a sibling arena, Uh, your son or daughter, that's a separate arena, you're a parent, separate arena, friends, uh, if you volunteer for a charity, uh, that's an arena, you may have a hobby, I like to play the guitar on on the weekend, you know, a little bit, that's a separate arena, your your money, uh, that's a separate arena, that's your life, and of course your career. That's your life. And um, each one of those need their own vision of what you would like. Each one of those need corresponding goals that lead like stepping stones to that vision. And then, of course, there's daily tasks that make those goals turn into fruition, which lead you to that ultimate state of being or where you'd like to go. That little blueprint I think everyone should make. It. That's really what the book is about. It's about building your own blueprint for your life. And I took twenty five hundred uh, clients, took every arena of every client, every vision, goal, task, even key people in these arenas, cataloged them. I took quite a long time to do that, and it's all in the book. So uh, I'm excited about the book. Sorry that it's going to be six months, but. We're going to be talking
0: about it, you know, we're going to be building piece by piece here. And, you know, one of the things I think that's so important about about work like this um, is that in modern society, um, you know, I've heard it called white space where you've got nothing going on and you can just you can just focus. I I think about my, um, you know, my grandfather was born in 1923. Um, He was uh, he was old enough to have started farming with horses. If you have to make two horses walk in a straight line for six hours. Man, you've got a lot of time to think about your life. You really do. Like, I think people think, oh, no, well, it's so I'm so glad we don't have to do a lot of those menial tasks anymore like that. Um, but modern society is not set up to to leave you this open space to where you have to think about where your life is going, um, which necessitates the the uh, decision for you to 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 get in that helicopter, so to speak, and to go up to 30,000 feet and say, OK, I'm going to take this time and do this. Um, because it's just harder.
1: Um, well, first of all, the, the average, uh, based on our research, the average person has two to 3,000 thoughts every day. The average person, Seth, has the majority of those thoughts in chaos, natural chaos. A thought 20 years ago was about 14, 15 seconds. Well, that you can hold one particular thought. Well, that's starting to drop like a stone. So... We're holding a thought less and we're having more thoughts. And you can thank social media, you can thank the cell phone. We're bombarded by more information than ever before in the history of mankind. Yet, the ultimate is to have 30 to 40 less thoughts. And the research with the, I did a kid's research on how to maximize super learning in 1974. You learn more in that first sixty months of your life. All of us, we learn more in that five years than the rest of your life. And cumulative, super learning. Why is that? Uh, you had about twelve to fourteen hundred thoughts. Uh, you didn't go in the past. You didn't have a past. Uh, you didn't go in the future. You didn't have a calendar. You didn't have a watch. You told the truth. Why are you black? Why are your teeth crooked? Why does your nose look like that? You know, mom's freaking out, of course. Oh, my goodness. And if you're tired, well, you'd lay down and sleep under a rack at Walmart. You know, you'd go to sleep. And your imagination was off the chain. I mean, your imagination, you could be a a cowboy, a spaceman, uh, you know, a girl could be a ballerina, a movie star, whatever, or, or a cowboy or a spaceman. All in a matter of seconds. So the world champion, ironically, based on this research, has the same amount of thoughts in one day as a child from birth to five. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Same amount of thoughts. So think less is the goal. How do you do that? You need a blueprint. You need a plan. And the best in the world is, They've already won before they even walk into the arena. Everybody else walks in, tries to figure out, all right, what do I do? Where where do I go? And if something negative happens, uh, they don't have backup plans. So the best in the world are the best prepared. And really, that's uh, what the blueprint is all about. Once you get that foundation of preparation, now you just be. Now you can just hop a
0: ride. And now you'll find the zone more readily. You know, we've talked about the reboot tool, which, um, you know, just to recap is you if I can say this back to you, right, you drop your head, close your eyes, you blank screen your mind and you come back, you lift your chin above parallel. Um, And you are doing the same thing that some of the people um, in the highest uh, pressure situations in sports and business have done um, to come out of a a little bad spot or a big bad spot. Um, Talk to me a little bit about the Zone Cafe, which is another spot that we want to go back to. And that this is a place that we're always going back to, like the five essential key elements um, to 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 really um, becoming a true champion in each one of these areas as we develop a blueprint. Right. Well, we
1: we each have five uh, intangibles that we can manage or not manage. Those are self discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, and enjoyment. And these were discovered in 1974. And they trigger natural chemicals uh, in the body. So if you're really disciplined, you'll have a little bit of cortisol, which will narrow your focus and get you going. And most champions have that. All champions that I've coached have had that. Uh, Concentration is another. You'll have a little glycogen in the bloodstream. You really narrow your focus. You have blinders on. You don't see that car wreck you were talking about. You just see what's the task at hand. Optimism. Uh, endorphins flow into the bloodstream. you got a feeling that nothing can go wrong. It's trust and belief and expectancy. Um, relaxation, uh, that triggers serotonin. That's calm, peace, uh, no worry, no anxiety, definitely no fear. And then the last uh, ingredient uh, is enjoyment, which produces dopamine, and it's exciting. You know, you laugh, you feel good. It's a feel-good chemical. That's enjoyment. So the Zone Cafe, drive up windows, Seth, pull on in. You have to order one thing right now. You can choose an arena, whichever yeah. one you want. So it doesn't have to be a, a business arena. It could be another arena, a relationship. You can o- only order one. What would
0: you order? One thing this week or today. Um, I'm going to go with, you know, I, I kind of just reset the... Um the the workout plan I was on and it's kind of that that thing where it's like okay either I'm up at 5 30 a.m or I'm not uh so this week I order concentration um because uh, you know I've noticed that when I'm up at 5 30 a.m um man that has a lot of a lot of good effects for the rest of my day and you know the I, I do triathlons and I do some other stuff um but I'm, I'm 34 I'm not hyper um focused on necessarily being the world's best triathlete at this point in my life I you know I'm I have other goals. Um, but the better I do, the more I'm concentrated that I have concentration there. I found that, um, whatever happens the rest of the day that that tends to carry over. And so that's something I, I know I need to focus back in tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough to uh, live right on the beach in Lake Michigan and getting up 5:30 AM. I'm on the beach as the sun comes up, swinging a kettlebell, doing sprints, push-ups. And, you know, that 45 minutes, if I have concentration there, man, that unlocks some great stuff later on in the day.
1: Well, here's a tool that's going to help you never have a day you haven't already had. I would do a mental dress rehearsal every night, visualizing the greatest day you've ever had. I've been nonstop on this for 50 years. Never have a day I haven't already had a mental dress rehearsal of how you would like to start your day. Uh, is going to give you the greatest opportunity to get up at 5:30 and hit the kettlebells and 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 have that day. So I would dress rehearse the night before. It only takes a few seconds. Pretty simple tool, uh, but that's going to help you uh, take that aspect of the zone cafe, the mental cafe, and uh, have the greatest day you've ever had.
0: So the um, you know, the key there if to to do the mental rehearsal, put the phone down. Twitter will be fine until tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Put the
1: phone down. Uh, sequester yourself somewhere alone. Unhinge your jog. Try to get your breathing down to about six to eight breaths a minute. That's where visualization can really kick in. That, that puts your brain in an alpha state where it's very meanable for suggestion. And then play the movie. Play the movie of what you would like to see. No rules. Your subconscious doesn't know fantasy from reality. That's another show we can talk about. And just see it. Play the movie in your mind of getting up, feeling great, feeling awesome, hitting the beach, and taking off to be your genuine, authentic,
0: best triathlete. Okay, I don't think we as the audience can wait uh, forever and ever um, for the, the difference in the subconscious. You can't tell the difference between daydreaming and reality. So I, can we come back, like, you know, as we wrap up, can we... Can we jump in there next week? Because I don't want to wait, you know, four or six shows to, All right, to next get next that. Next, next week, week,
1: we're going to talk about the subconscious mind, how to program it to be successful. So this was about being the true champion. I want you to look at your life from a 10,000 higher uh, viewpoint. You don't have to blindfold yourself to go out in the woods to do that. Just get up above your life. See it as if it's so. See it as it will be. And then figure out which arena could I spend a little mental time on? Which part of my life could I see it in a more positive vein, more positive light? And uh, in that arena, whatever it is, which which little meal do I need in the Zone Cafe to make that arena the best that it can be? This is Jim Fannin. Seth Heard, my producer. You've been with the Jim Fannin Show, and I look forward to next week. And be sure to do one thing. If you'd like any requests, any show themes, or if you got any questions, or if you'd just like to talk about your own personal situation, shoot me an email at askjim at jimfannin.com. A-S-K-J-I-M at com. Ask Jim at jimfannin.com. And until then, get in the zone, everybody. It's the only place to be. Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information. If you're a serious athlete, a weekend warrior, parent, or coach, join us each week as we investigate the latest trends and research coming out of the sport performance world. We'll visit with top athletes, coaches, and sports scientists to keep you on the cutting edge and to find out what it truly takes to achieve
0: human maximum performance. You can visit us online at CrushPerformance.com, and Crush Performance Radio with me, Jeff Grishel, can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and at Radio Influence.